0: Hey there, everyone. How's it going? Happy Thanksgiving to those of you who are celebrating that here in the States. This is another repost from February of this year. So some of the things we talk about, like the, the deal to, to cook along with Chef Shirley, that has expired. We may have another one coming up in February 2023, but we'll see about that. So anyway, just wanted to let you know that some of the information here is a little bit dated, But hopefully you still enjoy listening to us chat with Chef Shirley and my sister Carol, as well as super producer Madison. And so happy Thanksgiving, everyone out there. And if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, go have some delicious food anyway. All right. Talk to you soon. Hey everyone! Welcome back to episode number 19, part two, our episode on the food industry, restaurant industry, and we're joined again by my big sister Carol, and she's worked uh, pretty much all over the food industry—New York, LA, Las Vegas—for the past 25 years, organizing food events and consulting for restaurants and different different openings. So, welcome back, Carol! Thanks for joining us again. Hi, everyone. And joining us is Carol's good friend and dumpling soulmate. We have Chef Shirley Chung, who's worked at some of the most famous kitchens around California and elsewhere in Las Vegas. And she is the co-owner and chef of Miss Chi Cafe in Culver City, California. And she's also been up on Bravo's Top Chef Season 11 and 14. So we're going to talk a lot more about that. But welcome back, Shirley. Hi. And we are also joined by high school student intern, Madison. Welcome back, Maddie.
1: Hi, I'm happy to be back.
0: Yeah, Madison just got home from school. That's why That's why she's a little late. <laughs> yes, I did. But uh, welcome. She's going to help us uh, do some editing on this, and that'll be fun. So uh, we had a good time talking last week about uh, the origin story of Shirley and Carol, and we also talked a little Dumpling Mafia. So a little recap on that. Dumpling Mafia is a group including writer and podcaster Andy Wang. We have the three of them. And and there are some other folks that come along. But if you would like to join the Dumpling Mafia and be a part of the Dumpling Mafia NFT, you can do so by going to their Instagram. Uh, What was the handle again? It was Dumpling Mafia NFT on Instagram.
2: That's it, at Dumpling Mafia NFT.
0: And if you join before February seventeenth, you can join a cook along online with Chef Shirley from from her restaurant, and you can cook uh, her dumplings at home through Goldbelly. Um, there's so many. I if you go to the menu on Goldbelly, it all looks good, Shirley. <laughs> what do you have a favorite? Do you have something that that for the first timer that we should order? Or? I
3: mean, like my dumpling combo. So you kind of get the best. So you got like twenty packs of chicken dumpling. And then my jumbo cheese potstickers, which is like a top shot winning dish. So it's one of our most popular dumplings from the sheep or across the board. So the dumpling combo from Gold Valley, definitely a great, uh, great things to order. But lately, the popular thing is really my tea smoked duck. Yeah. Like, I, we couldn't keep, like, we're so busy that because I actually use Mary's Farm uh, from, we all keep it in the California. So, um. They have to personally call me and let me know that they cannot uh, supply over 100 dog a week and they have to apologize <laughs> to me yeah, because I, mean, I gave them a heads up. I've been telling them since like October. I was like, hey, I'm going to let you know throughout December to January, we're going to go through over 100 dog a week, like over 100 dog a week. You guys like, need to be, be ready. And
4: they
0: weren't ready. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of ducks for a small, small group. but
3: Yes, we are a small rush on that. Still a lot
0: of ducks. Yeah, but it all looks good. And you can cook it at home. And, and in my opinion, dumplings is one of the things that holds up the best, you know, when you, yep. when you freeze it. It really, it tastes, I mean, not as good as fresh, but it tastes, it tastes good. Yeah. So, yeah. And we'll talk a little more about cheeseburger dumplings in a minute when we talk about Top Chef. But yeah, super fun so uh join the join the dumpling mafia through their nft and uh, you can get some access to to Shirley as well as my sister Carol and you you'll be able to be part of a very elite and limited group of people if you join the the dumpling mafia Last time we opened up with uh with a lightning round today we're gonna open up let me open up this document hold on we're gonna open up with. <laughs> Some chef trivia. Are
2: there like <laughs> prizes for this? I feel like we should earn prizes.
0: We're all winners. We're all winners.
2: <laughs> chef trivia. Carol is
3: the best. Nobody can go against her. She's really good at trivia. I'm really bad. She
0: knows everyone and uh, everything. <laughs> we'll see, it's I, a lot of pressure. I, I think these will be easy for you, for both of you. <laughs> Maddie, do you have any? You ever watch Food Network or Top Chef or any of those things?
4: Um,
1: I used to watch Master Chef when I was little and like jun- master I don't know Master Chef Junior.
0: Oh, the little kids yeah, yeah and yeah, my yeah.
1: parents like to watch um a lot of cooking shows so
0: ah so you're going to so you can flex <laughs> on them at dinner tonight and say hey you know who i just talked to i talked yeah, to
1: yeah exactly
0: Shirley chung all right are you ready question number 1 of our chef trivia uh, which chef has uh, now i think this is cumulative so even if they lost stars it still counts as a star which chef has the most michelin stars of all time
2: I think it used to be Alain Ducasse. I don't know if it still is anymore.
0: I think he's number two. Who has more now? Um, let Um, me think. I see. Well, he has a restaurant named after himself. Robuchon. Yeah, Robuchon.
2: Uh, Really? No, Ducasse has like Tokyo, and well, I guess Robuchon's in Tokyo too. Huh.
0: Well, and 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 Dukas has the distinction of being the only chef to send food to the International Space Station. <laughs> <laughs> wow!
4: Fact.
2: True, true story: I flew the Concorde on the day that it was relaunched, and he was the in-flight meal. And he, because it was like a press a press trip, so he was on my flight cooking us dinner on the Concorde.
4: <laughs> on and the Concorde, Concord.
2: not the space station. But what was we did yeah. go from Paris to New York in two three hours.
0: Wow. Ah, crazy! And you can't. No one else can say that now because they're not flying exactly. anymore. <laughs> All right. Next question: Who was the first female chef to win the James Beard Award?
2: I'm gonna say Lydia Bastianich.
0: Nothing local. Think Bay Area. Oh, do we,
2: uh, uh, Alice Waters.
0: Alice Waters, Waters oh. Che Panisse. Che Panisse. Yeah. Media.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah. First, first female. All right. Um. The famous Beverly Hills Chinese restaurant, Mr. Chow. Ah. Uh-huh. What is Mr. Chow's first name?
3: I know the son's <laughs> first name is Max.
0: <laughs> it does start with an M.
2: Uh, Michael.
0: Michael Chow. Michael Chow.
2: His first wife was yeah. Eva, and then his daughter <laughs> was. I was. I know his son's name.
0: And and Carol, you just ate there over the holidays, didn't you? Just see that Mr. Chow. Over I did. Holidays? Well, it was
2: actually Peter's birthday.
0: uh huh. That's right.
2: I do love that place. I do love that place. It's like, it is, it's is not even <laughs> it's like Chinese food. Hollywood feel. It's
3: like the yeah. old, it's like a legendary.
2: Yeah. Served to you by Italian waiters in tuxedos and wildly overpriced, but it's so good. <laughs> it makes no sense.
0: Uh, all right. I think you'll know this one, Shirley. Which award-winning chef began his culinary career at Stuff Your Face Pizzeria in New Jersey? Someone you've know worked that for. I one. Mario Batali, the Mario Batali. Stuck your face. She went to Rutgers. <laughs> All right, now this one might be hard. Who I'm going to name four names? Who has not appeared on Top Chef? All right, who has not appeared on Top Chef? Jimmy Fallon, Ali Wong, Natalie Portman, or Tom Brady.
2: Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah, Tom. Brady. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna say Tom Brady. Yeah, because Jimmy Fallon's NBC Universal. Yeah, Ali exactly. Wanda, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> You're going by affiliation.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: 100, totally. Now Gronkowski was on, but Tom Brady was not. So, so they have He's also have just his rep-
2: diet is so restrictive. He's on some like That's anti-inflammatory <laughs> vegan diet. So he probably yeah he doesn't eat, like, eat
0: anything.
3: He has not taste. I re- I remember I read something that. He hasn't tasted strawberries for like 20 years or something like he
2: that. He doesn't I'm eat like, nightshades.
0: But like, I with yeah. strawberries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. But he's 44 years old, still playing football. So you can't argue with the evidence, man. He's a the goat. All right. You guys did well on that. Well, uh, you can relax now. The quiz is over. Ooh. Everyone can relax. <sighs> <laughs> all right. So last week we started our our conversation with with Carol and Shirley and so we're going to just pick up a little bit. So, um Carol, let's talk about your your food events where anyone who was anyone who showed up at these things. What what was it like putting on these events in the 90s? Was were you did you get starstruck at all when you're you know when you're calling up Gordon Ramsay or you know what what was it like when you're in the 90s and you're you're hobnobbing with all these guys that that are pretty big no, I think
2: because I was doing it with, with Bon Appetit magazine, it was always kind of, I'm calling on behalf of this magazine. Uh, so I was able to sort of take that mantle that, on and that clout. Yeah. It was like, it's I'm just little me, but I am calling from, bon Appetit, you know, you're going to return my call because mm-hmm. I'm calling from this magazine. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And it was good. But a lot of the times, honestly, you're not talking to the chef, you're talking to their assistant or, you know, maybe someone in their sure. office. Um, and those people are really the gatekeepers and, and, the best chefs have a really well run organization all the way down to their office. So
0: you have a, you have a good story for us, a, a fun story about a, a, way, a way you met someone or, or.
2: So I will tell you how I met Gordon Ramsay. Okay. It was, uh, 1998, I think he was very famous in London, but he was not famous in America yet. He did, he had no shows over here. And, um, he was, you know, in his restaurants in London were very famous, uh, very sorry, expensive and, and sort of exclusive. So even in England, not a lot of people knew who he was. He did his first cookbook release in America because English, England uses the metric system. They have to translate the books to American chefs. So, so American cooks can use them. So uh, it was wow. kind of a big deal. It was his first book in America. Yeah. And uh, he was doing his book release party on Halloween. Um, and it was kind of it was just the weird timing. But the, the party in New York was on, in Halloween um, at Restaurant Danielle. It's a very fancy French restaurant on the Upper East Side. And I was working with Bon Appetit. So I went with a couple of our editors and a group of us all went after work. And it, the cocktail party was maybe from six to eight, you know, with little canapes and champagne with your pinky out. And it was a very kind of fancy night. And after a couple hours, we were saying our goodbyes. And we knew there was this party being hosted downtown. In um, in Soho by Veuve Clicquot, the champagne, and they hosted an annual Halloween party called Yellowween because their their labels are kind of orange for their champagne, so they just used it as an excuse to to throw a Halloween party, So we're getting ready to go. And Daniel's like, well, whoa, where are you going? And he's like, uh, we said, well, we're, we're just going to go down to the, the co-party, but we're probably going to grab like a burger or something first. Cause you know, we've been eating these little teeny canapes <laughs> and we're kind of hungry. And he's like, no, 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 eat dinner here. And we're like, oh, oh chef, thank you. You know, like that's a really expensive dinner. We're like, oh, chef, thank you. It's very generous, but we'll ju- we'll just go and we'll see you down there. He's like, no, no, cause Gordon wants to come too. So just wait. And then we'll all go together. Just have a bite in the bar. We're like, just a bite. He, just a bite in the bar. It's like okay, so we sit in the bar, and then the waiters come over with a, like tablecloth and yeah, like all these place settings with multiple forks, and we're like, oh dear. And it's like eight <laughs> o'clock, but like suddenly we're having a five course, six course dinner, and then it's like eleven o'clock, and finally at eleven. Danielle comes back out of the kitchen and is like okay, okay, I'm just going to get dressed. I have a limo that's going to come pick us up and then we'll all go together. So like 1130, we finally get in this limo. We drive down to Soho and, um, and actually a couple of the people from the dinner were like, you know, it's 1130. It's like Tuesday. I got, I got to go home. So we lost a couple people. We get in the limo, we get on to this party. We make like 1145. It ends at midnight. We get there just in time for one glass of champagne. And there's a couple pictures of us from that night at that party. And then we're like kicked out. It's like it's over, and and Danielle's like, oh no no no, I know what We'll we'll go to. I have this great bar, and he looks at Gordon and he says, it's like a British pub. You're gonna love it. And Gordon's like, oh all right, mate, let's go. Yeah, sounds great. So we get back in the limo, and you know we're all in kind of suits because we've come from the office and then gone to this fancy cocktail party. So no no one's in costume. We're just like in suits. We show up at this um this bar in the meatpacking district of New York. It's called. Hogs and Heifers, (laughs) which is, if you can, um, as you might imagine, it's a biker Uh bar. It's not unlike Coyote Ugly, if you've ever seen that movie. It is known as a biker bar. Girls stand Uh on the bar. Uh And um, the the thing about Hogs and Heifers is a giant moose head behind the bar and women take their bras off. And hang them on the antlers so actually when you look you can't even see it's a moose all you see is a bunch of bras and some women are kind of coy and do it under their shirt and just pull it out you know and then hang it on the boot and some women uh-huh,
4: okay, you know okay.
2: so this is what this bar is known for and the bartenders are also verbally abusive to the patrons so one of the cows is like she's jumped up on the bar and she's got a me- she actually has a megaphone and she's like she kind of yells at patrons and calls them out so Danielle goes and gets this all Paps Blue Ribbon in cans and <laughs> And there's sawdust on the floor. There's Johnny Johnny Cash on the jukebox. And um, it's just a a dive bar. And Gordon's like kind of looking around like, this is not like an English pub, mate. (laughs) And a couple of my friends are just like, what are we doing? And Daniel's like, isn't this great? So he starts yelling at the girls on the I, I don't know if i this part's a little bit he starts yelling at the girls on the bar hey show us your uh, you know, like take off your bras uh, you know and and the waitress is like you're not man enough you wouldn't know what to do so they just go back and forth and finally he gets kicked out like he the <laughs> bouncer comes over and's like sir you have to leave now and he's like yeah, and his publicist is with us and she's like oh this is Eww. so gonna be in page six like the gossip gossip page tomorrow. She's like this is a terrible story. So, that's how I met Gordon Ramsay. Fast forward, I'm at the Cosmopolitan. Snow Patrol is having a concert on the pool deck and he's in Vegas opening his restaurant at the Caesars next door and he was invited so he's over. We're kind of hanging out in this like VIP cabana and he's like, "Wait, so where did we meet <laughs> again?" And I'm like, I, "Um, maybe well, I think it was uh your your restaurant in London on the Royal Hospital Road." He's like, "No, I don't think Like, "Uh, was it um, when I worked at Bon Appetit magazine? I did an event and he's like, no. And I'm like, chef, was it Halloween in, in Soho? He's like, oh, my God,
4: that's where we were
0: <laughs> And he still remembers it. All
2: right. He's like, he was like, wait, how did we need to get, like, he couldn't remember. And
0: I'm
2: like, no, yeah, chef, I think it was this time.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So that's how I met Gordon Ramsay. Is he
0: as fun as he is on TV, or is that is that more of a show? Or
2: it's definitely the shouty part and the. I mean, I think he did have a reputation for being one of those very hot-headed, swearing, sort of throw things at you in the kitchen chefs. He worked for Marco Pierre White in London, who was very he was known for that too. So he kind of grew up in that style. Yeah.
3: Is Levi fair like kitchen kitchen up until even like. I, I, we always say like young cook nowadays. Like that's what I always said. But like up until me, like in the beginning 2000s, we still talk about a kitchen is always lead by fare. Like a lot of times it's just too long. There's no time for you to be around the bushes. You just bark out your order and then call it a day. Like you, to work in a kitchen, especially like a high volume kitchen, you have to remember like nothing is personal. It's only like at that moment. You just have to get the, the fact that we always need to use the shortest communication time and then to deliver the most clear email, comments so what do you do you bark odors
0: but yeah i think i've seen him you know i saw him with on his show with uh, the contestant she was an asian woman she's blind and he's very gentle with too. her i remember yeah he's very yeah. gentle. and
2: with the kids with Master Chef Junior, yeah. he's very encouraging and, and not mm-hmm. not mean exactly. to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean,
3: like it's like we don't want to say it's not we're not mean to people. It's just like the way we communicate. Like we need to be really fast, and then when we have time and the environment, that we actually most of chefs are really good teachers. right? because for uh-huh. us, we have to break it down the steps in our own head in order to execute. Because we always constantly multifunction. Uh, so when we come to our term to teach people, we, we know exactly how to break it down into smaller parts so they can absorb it very quickly. And then so most of the time, a good chef, they're always good teachers.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that comes across even on TV. So so you're working in the industry and, and there's these big food events. What What chef... Uh, in your mind, and again, this is going to be hard for you because you know everybody. <laughs> what chef in your mind uh, is totally worth the hype? You know, like someone in the industry that has impressed you and is, is nice and is is professional as well as just a good friend or, or a good person.
2: I know I get asked a lot, like who's the best one or who's the favorite or whatever. But I, well, I will say one person who I really, really respect um, in the business is Nobu. Uh. Nobu Matsuhisa. So he, if you know his story, it's like, you know, just immigrant, opened a restaurant and, you know, worked his way up. And now I don't, I've lost track of how many restaurants he has. It might be 50. <laughs> they are all over the world. Literally, I think four four
4: continents. Wow.
2: And he's so, I've been to at least, so Japan, Paris, London, Milan. So I've been to at least, you know, five countries, plus the ones here in America. They are so cons- consistent, consistent which to me is like a mark of a really good chef is, is when you're not there and people are cooking your food and it's executed that consistently. Um, But just, you know, nice, funny, all those things. (laughs) I have a funny picture. We did a charity auction lunch where we were cooking at some, but you know, some person paid $25,000 to have Wolfgang Puck and Nobu cook in their house (laughs) And we were cooking in their kitchen and they had an aquarium and Nobu was holding a sushi knife. And I said, I looked at the aquarium. I'm like, no, Nobu, you can't do that. <laughs> There's a picture I have of him where he's got the knife and he's like, I can't, I can't. goldfish. And he's like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's very yeah. funny. And we know that you're, you're good friends with Giada and you've, you've hung out with her a lot since she's moved to LA. Um, any good stories with Giada? Any memories with Giada De Laurentiis?
2: Um, I mean, I just, I was, I hosted her baby shower in New Uh York. Like she had her family had one here in LA. But then at that time, when I lived in New York, um, I said, all these people, you know, want to are asking, are you going to do something here? I'll host it. And she's like, I don't really know that many people in New York. I'm like, well, like work people, food network. She's like, all right. I'm like, just give me a list of names and I'll, I'll send the invitations out. And she's like, okay. She gives me a list of 40 names. I'm like, she, I thought, uh, you don't know them. I mean, you know, I have a one bedroom apartment. I'm like, uh, I thought she's like, they're not going to come. She's like, look, it's like, you know, it's like Hoda Kotb and Natalie Morales and Meredith Vieira. They're not going to come. She's like, there's just, I just feel like I obligate. I'm like, okay. So I, I mail out invitations to these. Be- well they all showed up. they all rsvp <laughs> yes so i'm like okay we can't do this in my apartment now <laughs> so i actually thank goodness had a friend who had a restaurant that was only open for dinner so i said okay pl- please like look at this guest list of all these famous people it's like chefs and food network and today's show and i'm like there, you know i just need ladies lunch it doesn't have to be heavy and you know he let me byob so i brought in champagne and vodka just to do a couple like uh, drinks and then uh nice ladies' lunch and then he sent out he's a pastry chef he sent out every dessert because is a huge sweet tooth <laughs> so that was uh yeah that was the baby shower I hosted her. <laughs>
0: yeah it's it's good to have friends that are party planners.
2: <laughs> I mean thank you. and then I, I will say that it's kind of like a thank you that year for my birthday she took me to Paris. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> to to Paris. <laughs> yeah. It also helps to have friends that are uh you know celebrity chefs. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't seen any big food events for a couple of years now. What do you, what do you think? Are you serving? Are we going to see food events like that anymore where there's 50 chefs and 2000 people? Are we going to see those? The
2: smaller ones have come back and because you can do them outdoors. Oh, um, some people have done sort of barbecue faster or, or casual ones here in LA. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, if, if we'll ever go back to the big, big, big ones. Um, it's just, it's, Risky because every time we think we're doing good, and then yeah. Omicron and yeah. Delta, it's like so people are worried to like book travel and and you know commit to that many things. We'll see. We'll see. I hope so.
0: Yeah.
2: I hope so. I mean, Get
3: vaccinated, yeah. everyone. I think so. It, people, this is like people still craving that human connection. The fact yeah. that no, definitely. The fact that Coachella announced and first weekend sold out within one hour. Uh-huh. So I mean, that's 100,000 people first weekend already sold out. Yeah. So so you know that um, people still wants to come out. So food events, I feel like it's going to come back. It's just have you done any surely no, since since COVID? Have you done
2: any food festival? Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah,
3: because for me, like so because for, for our restaurant, it's like we have our team, right? Like and then like, we have one single team. We can only open 5 days a week so we only have one team of uh, to open our restaurant so if we need to do any event I turn it down so like the Del Mar a uh, horse racing or something like that they asked me if I can if I want to do dumpling there I'm like no and then Coachella asked me you want to do Coachella I'm like no yeah yes.
4: yeah I turn yeah.
3: on Coachella because it's like this and like if something happens if they have to cancel i i need to start prepping them right now already because i do dumplings you know i do house made dumplings so it's all about planting and people i don't have a team to go work the coachella it's like a lot of trouble yes it used to be great way of revenue to get that two weeks a lot of cash to come in and also my team used to love coachella like everybody just go there and Cause it's like vendors, you go yeah. there for free. So like we all take term. So they get to see all the concerts and, and all the <laughs> stuff. Sort of but then now it's just like, it's almost like burden. It's not so fun to think about. So like I said, no yeah. right now.
0: Well, if you need someone to carry your knives, Madison will carry your knives for you at Coachella. Of
3: course. that's exactly <laughs> like my little sister, like I, like the, the, she won as my employee. The last time Coachella was around, that's like Blackpink and everybody like really uh-huh. Irish. It's like amazing, so like that's yeah. why she said, like, "Hey, are you still going to like literally all oh my friends and family?" Is like, hey, "Are you going to because every single one of them wants to go there for free?" i Am I?
1: But did your sister actually? Did your sister actually help you or? No.
4: <laughs> she, she's the worst.
1: She always take advantage of me.
3: Like, like she's like she literally. She always used me too. And I remember she she was in this uh, intern program at emergency room at USC here. Like she was here for like a month. And then she just like, she told people, Do you know who my sister is? My sister is Shirley shopping on Top Chef. So she will get the shift that she wanted or follow the residents that she wanted. Because they all watch Top Shop. Uh, she was like you today again. I was like, What? <laughs>
4: or like, hey,
3: can you like drop off some mochi dumpling? I'm like, no, I don't have time to drop off mochi dumpling for you. She said, oh, I just want to introduce you to my resident. I'm like, that's so (laughs) funny. Yeah, she's totally (laughs) using me.
0: Oh, man. Well, someday when you need a medical procedure, she might be there for you.
3: Exactly. Exactly. That's why her fiance is a dentist. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, we have everything (laughs) planned.
0: All right. Yeah, you know, you, you wash one hand washes the other, right, Shirley? So.
3: Yeah, I was like, I take care of your females, but yeah, you take care of our medical stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so we're in, so with Shirley, we're around, what are we, in 2013? When did Top Chef, when did you get into Top Chef at uh, first? I mean, they filmed
3: 2013, but they actually aired 2014. Oh my God, so long ago. I feel like oh. it's not that long ago, it's so long ago now. Think
4: about uh-huh. it. Yeah,
3: uh, that's the first time in New Orleans, uh, season 11.
0: Yeah. So just to recap, they wanted you. They came to find you in Vegas, and you you kept eluding them and avoiding them. But they finally got you. Even went to China. They found you in China. <laughs> <laughs> so they called you in. And had you had you watched any of those kind and of shows? Know, I
3: mean, like this is not the first time they tried to recruit me already. Um, because like when I was chef for Carnivino, uh, for Mario that time it was such a big opening, Top Chef already tried to tap me. So that's like a season, a few seasons before that. I think it was a Vegas season, the Vatajo Brothers season. Anyway, uh, and then, and then also Hong, who was season two winner, I believe, three, I forgot. But anyway, so Hong, Hong and I. We were in Giza together, like same station. I was fish station line coach. He was a sous chef at Giservois. And then after Giza I went to, went out to work for Marvel and he went out to compete in a couple chef and he won. And so like for me, I was like, oh man, I know somebody <laughs> that already won. Like and you tell me to go on. And then I'm already like the executive chef of Las Vegas million dollar restaurants. And I got nominated for James Spear. I'm just like, it's a lot of ego <laughs> problem. I was like, yeah. I'm here already. Do I really want to put myself through to compete? Like is it, do I really need to build a brand for myself? Like I didn't think through. Yeah. So like, because I didn't really, ultimately, because when I was working for people, when I was in Vegas, I didn't really think about to branch out on my own. I'm always thinking about my goals really to be the corporate chef. So like, well, Jose Andres asked me, "Hey, do you want to be Las Vegas culinary director?" I was like, "Oh, that's like already my love. It's like for me, I, I like rich, like the top, almost the top that I wanted to. Like for the longest time, when I became a chef, I always thought I just wanted to be a corporate chef. Like I just wanted to be like a VP of something, <laughs> like
4: yeah, Gab, yeah. You know
3: what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that's what that was what you know, the VP of Gap. That's exactly that's what that's what I thought. I didn't <laughs> for as much." Because I love cooking and eating. I actually didn't think about I would be become a restaurant tour by myself until Lucky Rice. This is all Carol evolved <laughs> to. So like Carol helped her friends start this Asian festival thing called Lucky Rice. And then Lucky Rice came to Las Vegas for the first time. So a lot of California chef actually came to Las Vegas to do this full Asian food festival. Mm-hmm. It was in Cosmopolitan mm-hmm. Hotel and I met Charles Fan uh, I met Chef Charles mm. Fan for the first time in person. Uh, and then like, I helped him out, like set up station and pass through health check and all those sort of things. And then, so after the festival, like we had a really great conversation at like in front of Wicked Spoon, the buffet, in the mm-hmm. lobby for two hours. Me and Chef Charles Fenn chatted for two hours and the whole entire time. He's pretty much talking to me, go, Shirley, you are beyond a corporate chef. I know you love working for Jose Chef Jose Andres and he's a great boss and blah, blah blah, but you're more than that. You really have to think through it. You are bigger than that. You will do so something so much more. So you should
2: leave. <laughs> he told me to leave. We, and people who don't know, Charles is the chef owner of the slanted door in San uh-huh, Francisco. Uh-huh. Yes.
3: And then he's also like really cultivating like about building and helping young chefs to build their own names and working with young chefs and partner up opening restaurant in the San Francisco area, you know, like he's known for that. So like he had, so we had this conversation,
4: 2013,
3: 2013 at Lucky Lucky Rice Festival. And then, so I think that kind of like putting in my head that I was like, oh, so so I did have, (laughs) I left Jose Andres, didn't really think about next. And then Top Chef happened. So like uh-huh. that was top shop. I was like, oh, maybe I am at capacity that I will be able to build my own name and to start my own restaurant group and then to to do something on my own. So like so, Charles. I want to say Charles Van Plantasy. Uh, Carol, she so- brought Lucky Rice. <laughs> She's the one that introduced me to like. <sighs> because like, like the lucky rise, Daniel Chan, and they all like came to Cheetah Bhavana have cocktail and all those sort of thing. I still remember the initial meeting. I'm telling you, there's a lot of different things. Like, a lot of times, Carol doesn't even know that she tend to see. <laughs> a lot of my career growth is really like all connected to her.
4: Hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah she's, she's the girl behind the girl. Sometimes. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <like>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're rolling into New Orleans and. And what, what's crossing your mind here? Are you thinking, I want to win this thing? Or are you like, I just want to get my name out there? What, what was kind of going through your head as you're rolling into New Orleans?
3: Well, at first I was just like, I better win because I know Hong. <laughs> and I <seen laughs> think, once I start talking to everybody, I was like, holy shit, like everybody, oh, sorry. Everybody's okay. like, <laughs> restaurant owners, executive chefs, and then people working for like Daniel, like and Medina, you know, like people know how to cook. I was like, there's no joke. And I was just like, what happened to Top Chef? Because like, you know, because top chef's year grow, like the time that Hong competed, yeah, he competed against college students, and he was a sous chef <laughs> piece of what and then working per se. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, what he won was that. And then by the time that my season competed, everybody, like the, there's two sous chefs that like at that time was sous chef, they all lost. like the first two rounds, Papa like all the sous chefs were all, all gone. like every single one all knew how to cook. And so so it was just battle i just didn't and then i didn't really think about i have no idea about brand building or anything like that all i wanted to do is i just need to make it one episode at a time one challenge Uh at a time and then win it so therefore that the first time around when i was on top shelf i actually won a lot more challenges but i didn't build my brand like i didn't know who i was like people don't know what kind of food i call i have i cook i have no concept of what is the brand building like all i wanted to do is like and also i I cannot agree with myself that I'm Chinese American, that Chinese American food is what I wanted to cook. Like, I cannot put that idea into uh, my head. I was like, no, I do not cook Chinese food. Like, I'm always like, I know, like my best subject is French and I cook Italian. you know? Like I was part of opening Italy, this giant project. You know what I right. mean? Like, I have so much of this like Italian, French knowledge. And then like, why? I don't want to cook Chinese food. I never trained Chinese food, right? So like, I have a self battle myself too. And then throughout Top Chef the first time as I'm cooking and I realizing every single dish that I was creating is it doesn't matter what kind of technique I use, but there's always a piece of me. I, there's always like a piece of Chinese ingredient. I will always add to it. And it, sometimes it's soy sauce and then fermented black bean or a like special vegetables or it's like a tech or it's like a little trick or something like that is Chinese cuisine. Or I do like a. The fresh noodle but with Italian sauce all those sort of things and I yeah. realized I was like this is how I cook so it sounds really cheesy but by the end of Tasha first time on season 11 is actually where I found my culinary voice I was like oh I cook modern American food but always with a Chinese soul so that yeah. kind of became and I realized oh this is my cooking I found myself I knew exactly what kind of food I cook now because I always work for other chefs So I always translating other chef's vision. They tell me I'm opening an Italian steakhouse. So according to that, I'll create. They tell me um, I want to open a taqueria, a noodle dumpling side by side. So according to their vision, I create. But our top chef is how I feel. This is my vision. And it's actually is my response. That's why it's better because it's reaction. It's how I reacted at that moment. I didn't really think. I didn't really plan is my body just go through that. So it's actually more me. And this is my true cooking.
4: Hmm.
2: It's your DNA. I think that's one thing about top chef is you'll hear the judges at judges table say, I want to see more of you in this dish. I want to know who you are. They do constantly kind of try to pull that from the chef testants. So I think it is, it is kind of cathartic. It does kind of bring that out. Yeah,
3: And I also, one of the, the first time I was on top chef competing, I realized something that I'd done that, Every time if I try to redo a old recipe that I've done before uh, to play safe, you uh, know, I'm even though I'm never on the bottom, but I never win. I can never win with the dish that I, I did before. Every mm-hmm. single time I won a challenge it's always I create on a spot like I'm really feeling it. And then so like every single winning dish is always a new dish for me. Like so. So like from that and then I realized, and I also. Like being on top chef is always kind of like a confident builder too because throughout my career, because I came from the Silicon Valley, so even though like every single chef job that I got, I always move up really fast. But I always thought it was my operational skill is because I was always the one that did all the paperwork, I answered all the emails, and I organized all the recipes, and then I did food costs perfectly because you know I'm really great at math and I have corporate (laughs) uh, corporate background and all those sort of things. So I never think about it was my palate, it was my cooking, it was my, you know, I can multitask uh, the way I create, the way I tell my story through food. I mean, I didn't really think about it. That was my talent as a chef. But being the first time being on Top Chef made me realize I was like, I'm really good. My palace is better than most people. And I like why I come to create because of my background, who I was, and then I can bring this special piece into my food. And I really enjoy using food as a platform to tell my story and then tell that moment. And then to have people connect to me through my food at that moment. So things like that, I was, like, oh, this is this is my ability. So like Top Chef actually gave me confidence and made me realize that. I'm a great chef.
4: Yeah, that's a cool <laughs> story. I'm
3: a great chef operator. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, how do you how do you prepare for a show? Like, do you have like your husband just throw out crazy challenges to you, or or can you prepare at all, or you just show up and hope for the best?
3: So, for Top Chef, it's very different because mm, Top Chef is really there's no weird things, you know. Like, because that I was on, I'm on Top Tournament Champion now, so it's like a different competing mentality is very different how you played the game ultimately, but tough because there's a quick fire challenge. They also have long challenges, but every single challenge, the time is real. You have to create at that moment and based on how you feel and create based on ingredients and all those sort of things. So I w- really wanted to say that, like I, there's a lot of chefs try to memorize recipes and then try to recreate and all those sort of things. Those chefs never last, Like <laughs> it's true. So it's just mm-hmm. it's like us that at that moment, we already know, like the recipe is part of us. So it's our reaction to food like this, to create this dish like that. Like there's no, I mean, like sometimes you see, right? Like every single one of us all have this, like, I'll try to memorize an olive oil uh, uh, olive oil cake for dessert and a panna cotta for dessert because we're savory chefs. We know if we make it to restaurant world and then there's a chance that you have to do dessert, right? Like, so yeah, savory chefs, so we all try to, Memorize a couple of dessert recipes in our head. So when we (laughs) get to that, that we do. But as we compete, especially me, I learned to that. Hey, I don't bake a cake normally. Why am I going to make a cake when I'm competing? You know what I mean? So I I made rice pudding. I made uh, frozen eyes, like shaved ice and the things that I normally do anyways. Sometimes it's a savory chef. So it really is like Top Chef is a competition that really showcases exactly where your cooking skill set at. And then you have to be able to really quick to think on your feet. So if you're the type of chef that creative, a really great chef, but take you a while to create this thing, your thinking process is kind of slow. Top chef is not meant for you. Like yeah. you have to be certain type of chef that you're great, but you have to be quick on your feet and you can be able to adapt to different scenarios really quick and don't stuck there. Because a lot of times for me, it's like when I compete, I lose something It's not the other person's fault is not the other person's is better than me is I messed up. Like uh, I'm always constantly competing the best of myself. So only I can mess myself up. I lo- I can only lose to myself. I don't lose to anybody else.
0: Yeah. Okay? I mean, so, you can't control. Yeah.
3: So this type of chef will go further. When you're competing on top shot, you have to be able to cook with what you have and not to last minute. Try to learn something is not going to work.
0: Uh yeah. Is there is there something that as viewers that we don't know about Top Chef, is there any something behind the scenes that you can tell us is like are you guys actually friends or you know how does how does it go behind the scenes and, and
4: We're or, really what's... close?
3: So we always describe like our top chef family, the people that we competed against. It's like we got vac together, we got vacuum packed <laughs> together. We have no choice. <laughs> and we have to like react and to be super close to each other. And then after you vacuum pack and then you release the bag and then we become compressed vegetables or, you know, that like, we super marinated. So we got each other's essence completely absorbed into each other already for a lifetime. So, so like for the good chefs, there's a couple of bad apples that we don't talk to because they do something <laughs> horrible on the show. So there's a couple, one or two chefs that we don't talk to at all. But for majority of them, we have a chat chat group um whatsapp even to this day especially my season 14 like the second time around uh we're still constantly at least talk once a week right now this is oh, what wow. six years later once a week <laughs> and as throughout pandemic it was a really good helping group that we exchange policies informations and then support so it's like mentally is really good a support group as a, as a mental health wise and then also the other season chefs or like the chefs that we coach or, or we judge throughout other seasons is that once we're coming to this Top Chef uh, big family we always do like collaboration with each other we just become like automatically friends pretty much
4: yeah yeah, yeah. It's really,
3: we're really friendly towards each other
0: do you have a, an episode that stands out in your mind as kind of your, your favorite or one that you'll never forget
3: I mean like my my episode is uh, our the Asian American episode that that's before Crazy Rich Asian came out.
4: Uh-huh. A lot of
3: people all say it's the most Asian uh, scene you saw on television it was my uh, Top show season fourteen finale. I didn't win, I lost, but during that finale, that like, my sister, my mom, my husband, they were all there. Like my mom. Uh, doesn't really speak that much English, so she asked at the ta- dining table, I didn't tell her to do that like actually at the dining table she asked my sister, uh, how do you say in Chinese. Uh, she asked uh, how do you say I'm proud of you in, in English, so she said that in you know. you right, so she said that in, in Chinese and they kept it all. And then uh-huh. my sister translated. And then so when I came out to greet everybody to thank the, the audience after my whole entire meal, uh, presented my menu and then like went up to my mom and then the first thing she said was in English, she said, I'm very proud of you. I was like, and so we cried. Uh- <laughs> yeah, so that was hundred percent It was like amazing. Yeah. So so that was like that was like the moment, right? And then yeah. and then like, but the but the funny thing is. Like a lot later on, a lot of people always talk about, oh, like your mom must be so proud of you. Now you're being a celebrity chef and blah, blah, blah Right. So I was like, ah, you guys, know, you, guys, you guys don't know. She's more proud of me <laughs> for being. A celebrity, take away the shot. Because even till this day, I mean, now <laughs> she's a lot better. Like, right, like, like she sees, you know, like how we fight through COVID with our restaurant, we still surviving, uh, and she's really proud of us and stuff. But up until COVID and all those sort of things, up until Miss She opening, she still always asks me, "Go, hey, so I see you do this television." You're like shooting commercial now. You're doing this. So you just do television now, right? You don't have to cook anymore, right? <laughs> like, you don't have to be so tired, slaving away, like, you know, yeah, like spend your yeah, time yeah. in the kitchen, all those are sort of anymore. You can just be a celebrity now, right? Like, so that's my mom's dream is always to be a stage mom. So yeah. I'm very happy that like now she's like her dream came true. Like she was be able to do her stage mom thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, Shirley really did a car commercial. Shirley really did a car commercial in two languages.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I think Toyota advanced that commercial in Chinese and, uh, and, uh, English. They're playing, like uh, you see it in like Chinese radio, uh, not radio, sorry, TV stations and all those sort of thing. And that, so like the focus, like, uh, advertisement or something like that. If you accidentally talk about Toyota while you are on Facebook, then the in Chinese or something, like your Toyota commercial will come up, it will be me. Like, you know, you, because you're Chinese. And then you talk about, hey, you the next thing is like, sure, we should try that.
0: We should try that. Oh, man.
3: My Mom is so proud. You don't understand, like, that TV commercial, two things. My cookbook. One day is my cookbook, so publish a book, and also I'm on TV commercial, like commercial that she can tell her friend, hey, did you see my daughter today? I saw her a <laughs> times. You know, like, <laughs> like those are the things that she is so proud of. Like yeah. James James Bear, like your daughter cooking James Bear, how's, ah, oh, who cares, what, whatever. She's nominated for James Bear, okay, whatever. Best Dumpling LA Times, huh? Okay, sure. Whatever. But publish a book. And also, you have a car commercial. Oh, so proud. So proud.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So, so how has how has Top Chef changed your life? Is it it sounds like it was probably one of the more important things that's ever happened to you?
3: No, a hundred percent like a Top Chef uh put me on the platform. Um, like fast speed like like fast forward my career um so i cannot thank you no i'm very thankful that like being part of top Chef family 100 percent i'm i'm one mm. of those that like yeah i love top chef thank you top chef
4: yeah <laughs>
0: Let's talk a little bit about the current and the future. It's, it's a little hard right now. I mean, you guys are hustling. I like I like the hustle you're going with, you know, going on Gold Belly and going with NFTs.
2: Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency.
0: Yes. But where, where do you see the food industry going? I know uh, over the holidays, Carol was asking me to recommend some TikTok cooks and stuff like that. Like, where do you see the industry going right now? Is it it's changing for good or is it, you know, are we just in a weird time right
4: now?
3: I mean, I wanted to say changing for good. We're shoveling. So like for the people that's not very, you know, like for people that not willing to change or don't know how to change is 100% is going to fall behind. So this, I really wanted to almost using this opportunity to like, like a facelift of our industry that make us look at everything very differently and realizing that just have a physical store and that a lot of times it's not enough revenue just to a physical restaurant is not enough anymore see a lot of us have like the online store and then now we try to have like restaurants and dumping in the metaverse in the nft world so you know so i think it's good like we have to move forward so so I, I wanted to be optimistic right and then so I really and then also the fact that our hospitality feel are willing to pay our staff a lot more now I think is also really really great because we deserve it Um. so like our team deserve it and then so the fact that people's willing to pay more when they're dying out and be more understanding. And then also Mm -hmm. it just like I feel like our business as a whole, because of pandemic, people are more willing to get understanding and then to see how difficult, how small a margin in the hospitality is at. Um, So hopefully this is all for good because. Either way, we need to constantly continue to move forward. We shouldn't. We should never just sit here and be comfortable. So, hospitality restaurant industry, it's been long due for something new and something revolutionary. Mm. So, I'm really hoping that after the pandemic, there's a lot of different things and concepts coming out. It's really mm. doing uh like moving our industry forward.
0: Yeah, and Carol, you have a new project, right? You're working on what do you call it? It's not a food hall. It's it's more of a
2: It's a combination, it's a hybrid. So there is a food hall component to it. And then there's also like a virtual kitchen or a ghost kitchen component. So it's called Partake. Um, The first one we're building is in Long Beach, California down here and uh, it's 25 commercial kitchens for rent. Some are full commercial kitchens with a hood and then some are prep kitchens, which is no hood. So it means you can have like a a microwave or smaller things, but no big big ranges. Um, So ideally people who wanted to start a food business, maybe they're making granola or kimchi, maybe they're starting a pop-up, they're catering, they only need a small kitchen space. They don't have a a full restaurant or they can't afford a full restaurant. They would rent one of these small kitchens. And then at our location, customers could order the food and sit down and eat in the food hall. Or they could take it to go. Or they could call Uber, DoorDash Mm -hmm. or some of those other um, apps and and get the food delivered to them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of. It's I, honestly, I think it's going to be good. It's good for the times because it's kind of whatever you're comfortable <laughs> with. The next couple of years may still be a little yeah. fluctuating. So it's probably good to have some options. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing I'm working on.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Shirley, what, what's on tap for Miss Chi Cafe? You already have one satellite. Are you looking at more satellite locations? Yeah, we're or? looking
2: for
3: a location, hopefully, for Mr. Chi that Jimmy wants <laughs> to open, like cocktail driven. <laughs> uh fine, but I also i wanted to i'm actually been working on dumpling mafia concept so i wanted to do a hybrid of b2b and b2c a lot of my friends um uh either cannot afford prep cook to make dumplings for them at asian restaurants or like uh the co-packing house that they used to work with got bought up or ran out business through pandemic so like i feel like that part, that prepare food, white labeling, wholesale is a big part. And then I, I am building a brand when it comes to dumpling. So uh, I wanted to say I like to eat, produce, I sell, distribute just like a dumpling mafia. I critique dumpling too. I have digital dumplings. So so it really makes sense. And I sell a lot of dumpling retail on Go Valley. So it really makes sense for me to go into wholesale. So that's my yeah. next step is going to manufacturing.
0: Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. All right. So uh, exciting times, tough times, but you know if, if you're if you're able to pivot and able to to think outside the box, there's opportunities. People still love food that that hasn't gone away. People gotta eat. People gotta, People eat. gotta, yeah. eat. People gotta eat. Exactly.
3: <laughs> so how are you going to get the great quality food into their stomach? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for coming along and talking with us, uh, Carol. Like when I first started this podcast uh, back in June, twenty twenty one. I, I ran it past Carol and she's like, oh, 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 I can get you this person. I can get you this person. I can get you this person. And I was like, Carol, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, right? <laughs> you know, I have no clue what I'm doing. And I wanted to get some more experience before we brought on some uh, some of Carol's connected friends. But uh, thank you for bringing along Shirley. Shirley's family. So it, I wasn't as nervous because Shirley's a, a relative of mine.
4: So,
0: <laughs> but thank you both for coming along. It was really fun hearing all your stories. and. And I promised a Carol Takeover, so now that my audience knows Carol, the next time she comes on, she may just run with it and do whatever she wants on these shows. So thank you. Thank you, Carol, for coming on. Thank you, Shirley.
2: Thanks for having us. Oh,
0: my pleasure. And once again, if you wanna become part of the Dumpling Mafia, you gotta go online, go onto their Instagram at Dumpling Mafia NFT. Or just search it up. Just search up Dumpling Mafia NFT on Google and, and they'll pop up and if you, if you sign up and you, you become part of the Mafia before February 17th, you can maybe do a little live cooking with Shirley on the 17th for Lunar New Year. Anything else we need to talk about?
2: Yeah, you get a complimentary Gold Belly Dumpling Kit uh, sent to you, and then you can... Log on to Zoom and do the virtual cook-along with Shirley. And it's it's on it's time to Chinese New Year. We had to push it back a little bit because of time crunch, but yeah. um, it'll now be sort of lantern festival. But yeah.
3: You celebrate Lunar New Year, we celebrate we celebrate month long. So
4: it's all month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then also True.
3: like for like at least for Chinese culture, that is especially well, Chinese culture as a whole, northern China is Jiaozi, and southern China is the round tangyuan, Yuan, right? Like so my dumpling uh-huh. kit include both ends Ah. and then so you got to have dessert you got to have savory and then also like to celebrate a visiting family like you want to bring gifts so what's the best gift can bring is dumplings
0: bring the dumplings
3: and physical and virtual (laughs) teach you how to make so like we cover all the ground
0: and they're symbolic of little purses right the bags of money (laughs) yeah
3: bags of money correct and also like People like, you know, like NFT is really a young world, so a lot of NFT players are high school kids, Uh junior high kids, and a lot of uh, our friends actually purchasing NFT to give it to their kids as gifts. So like our characters are really cute, it's like street artists created with us. Um, So it's all great for all ages.
0: All right, all right. (laughs) And like uh, the guy over at Angry Asian Man, he said, "Hey, everyone who celebrated New Year's on January first, that was the pregame, yeah. the the pregame for New Year's. The real New Year's is coming February second, right? February first, February second, one of those two. And so we're ready for the Lunar New Year because that's going to bring good luck, good fortune, good health to everyone. Pandemic going to be over. Hey, okay, Fat Choy, <laughs> oh, yeah." yeah. Yeah. Xinyan Kuila, everyone out there. Thank you for listening. Um, if you want to write to us and you have a message for my sister or Shirley, you can pass I'll pass it along to them. You can write to us at infatuationpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at theinfatuationpodcast. For Shirley, what was it again? It was Chef Shirley Chung with no E in chef, right? Yeah.
3: D-H-F Shirley Chung
0: chf shirley chung and for carol chin it's just c-a-r-y-l-c-h-i-n-n and you'll find her Mm -hmm. thank you both for coming along super fun talking to you guys
2: thanks for having us we'll do it again i want some dumplings
0: (laughs) yeah now i want some dumplings Next time, Shirley, we've got to do a live uh, broadcast from your uh, restaurant. We'll do it uh, while we're eating dumplings. That'll be That's more good. fun.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you guys for coming along. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone.
0: She's <laughs> so much fun, huh? Yeah.
1: But she was very intimidating. You really? Well, just for me, because she's such like a vibrant personality. So I feel like I wanted to ask her questions. But then I was just like, I just awkwardly sitting here because I'm too scared.
0: Well, you know, with someone like Shirley, you can just sit back and listen. You know, Uh (laughs) she she's she's just fun to listen to. Yeah,
1: for sure, though. I didn't even know that they were that up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, man, we're coming well, up. I mean, infatuation. I mean,
1: actually I looked up Shirley Chung, so I knew that she was pretty, you know, up there. But like your sister's killing it.
0: Yeah, she's behind the scenes. Like she's
1: not. That's like you what know, I want not... to do. Okay. Within music. Like I wanna kill it behind the scenes. Yeah. Not so much in the forefront. I mean, maybe a little bit, like Jack Antonoff, But mm-hmm, that's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're they're in the industry. You know, my sister's pretty well known behind the scenes. Wait. And then, you know, once once you get on TV, you know, Shirley's really well known. So
1: like now. does Chef Ramsey like know her name? Yeah, yeah. Like, no way. They're
0: not, they're not like friend well, friends, but No,
1: but like he like knows of her, right? Oh, or yeah. like would recognize yeah, no, work her. Together. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Almost all the celebrity people know my sister from all the events that she did and the
1: That's sick.
0: The last 25 years. Yeah, no, she's that's why when we first started the podcast, she was like, oh, I can get you this chef or this chef or this chef. And I, I wasn't ready to do interviews yet. Yeah, so was...
1: no, but like if they offer, you should really say yes, because you have you have people. It's just it's just a matter of like, you know, accepting it and like being brave. That's true. But um, I think that like you're doing great for the amount of time that. Like, cause you just pretty much like started recently, and we're already getting, we're like growing relatively fast. Well, like we're, not yeah. not from like a social media point, but like, but like podcast point. Yeah, yeah. like the people that um we feature on the show is like yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. I mean, and podcasts don't grow like YouTube channels, and cause it's a commitment, you know, YouTube or TikTok. You just click on it and you just keep scrolling. With podcasts, you, you have to commit, you know, you commit a pretty good amount of time, and so we're never going to grow like that, mm-hmm. but we're, we're chipping away. We're getting new listeners every week, I think, you know, not that I yeah. can tell, but our numbers are slightly bigger every week, which is where you want to be going. I
1: think it was, I think it's like really, it's really encouraging to me, like talking to Sabrina and like your sister and Shirley, because Like, cause I just see them as like successful people doing like sort of more unconventional jobs that like, like, or like less traditional jobs, like not a doctor, not a lawyer, not like Uh corporate or something and like being successful at it and like starting later in life at it too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Most of them had to change (laughs) the similar stories. Like, well, I studied economics to please my parents, you know, (laughs) and then they they pivot into the arts or something. Cause it's just
1: like. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I know that I'm still young, but I took a break from music for a really long time. And so I'm like, I, I'm no prodigy. Like I'm not going to be able to make it because people who make it in music are already like 10 times better than me by now, which is like mm. true. But at the same time, like I've been learning, it's never too late.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't know. You really don't know. Exactly. So who knows, man, maybe podcasting will be your future.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe,
0: but people like listening to you. That's for sure. Now I've gotten definitely a couple comments about more Madison, less you. I
1: think I just need to step out of my shell yeah. a bit.
0: Well, and then you know, maybe we should do. We got to do some more stuff where you're a little more confident too, like music stuff or oh, yeah. topics that you like. Yeah, you know? I
1: feel like for like arts related things, those definitely get me to talk more because like for the whole chef like cooking stuff like that's so interesting for me to listen to but it's just like I can't relate to it in any way I'm just thinking about like my uncle who's a chef and I'm just like
0: <laughs> yeah and you don't really know the names that they were dropping you yeah know, exactly but Batali. I still think yeah. it's
1: it, I still think it's really cool yeah yeah yeah
0: no and, and like you said it's you don't necessarily want to become a chef but her journey and her mindset exactly stuff you can definitely learn from
1: there's always something that I can can learn from anyone who does anything like how yeah. you know I was talking when we were talking to Sabrina like connecting photography to music I know that's like yeah. it's easier to connect those two than like cooking and music but like uh-huh. still th- there's always something to learn from people
0: yeah there's a lot of overlaps in the creative process exactly because you know? chefs chefs are creators you know
1: exactly that's what I was thinking um when Shirley was talking about like concocting, you know, her ideas on the spot and like.
0: But letting it be her. And
1: like how it's like a reflection of her. Like, then I start to see like, oh, honestly, it's sort of like self-expression.
0: That process. Yeah. Yeah. And all three of them, you know, Sabrina, Carol and Shirley are all entrepreneurs. You know, they all kind of started their own business. Yeah, Yeah.
4: And and that's sort of honestly,
1: as a musician, like you're pretty much your own business. You have to like market yourself and stuff. So it's like there's always something to take away.
0: Yeah. From- oh, and Miranda Quack too. Exactly. You know, he didn't meet her, but yeah, you know she she just clawed her way no, up. No, yeah.
1: Listening to her thing, I like. I would have loved to join that one. I really, honestly, <sighs> should have just like skipped six period.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she was so nice. Did you hear how nice no, she was? No, she
1: sounds so humble and genuine. And you know what? She f- requested me on my Instagram. Did she f- what? I was like, she doesn't like she only follows. she's following you. Well, no, I didn't accept her yet. I didn't accept you guys. You either, because like, I, I don't want oh, you wow. to be weirded out by what I post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like mentally oh, preparing man. for adults to like see my stuff. But that's true. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. No, you
0: should definitely accept Miranda. You should definitely. No, accept. I Miranda. will.
1: But she requested me and I was like, I'm a nobody like you only follow like 200 people. Why are you?
0: Wow she was yeah, that she, impressed. Even meet you. she
1: was that impressed by my real yeah because <laughs> she, she didn't even meet you it. she reposted it i was like yeah Yo.
0: She... Wait, she did uh-huh. she reposted it
1: what i know like i know because upstairs i was freaking out i was like no way no way
0: man no yeah. way
1: you see oh it?
0: man nice
1: legend look at me i'm so yeah. famous
0: you are? No, I'm telling you, the, the listeners out there are like, okay, well, now the podcast has started now that Madison's on board.
1: Because, like, I don't know. I, I was so surprised she requested me because, like, that's yeah. just so weird.
0: That's cool, though. Yeah,
1: no, I'm so... She's up
0: there, man. Like, she's not, you know, she's she's an executive producer and she's making shows. I know. She's,
1: like, what I want to be, but for film. Like, behind the scenes, facility, like, you know, being a creator. Like, she's basically, yeah. like, the backbone and also, no. I was looking at the cast and I know people who are on the cast yeah. and Shay Mitchell, who I right. love, is also an yeah. executive producer. I was like, that is so sick. That's, yeah, she
0: found the idea. That's yeah.
1: incredible. Like when I was listening to, I, I don't know why, like I was thinking of Shay Mitchell when I saw the trailer. But mm-hmm. then I I I was when I was editing, I was like listening to what she had to say. And I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy.
0: She was involved, yeah. I was so nervous. Did you hear how nervous I was no, all those heavy breaths?
1: Exactly. I was like I was like, and like and hey. So um, today <sighs> we Oh
0: man. I was like, no, I was having a heart attack. I was having a, a moment, man. I was I was kind of like, oh man, I'm bombing this. It's just a person. But, yeah, no, it came I think it came out after you edited, it. I think it came out okay. But man
1: Also like the way you Put all your words together. <laughs> like
0: I, know. I just wanted to get I was just trying to get the question out as fast as possible. And,
1: uh, like yeah. you would also combine words like that's kind of rap said <laughs> <laughs> 19. You
0: weren't there, man. It was intimidating because she's a pro. Man. Oh, she's oh like and then she's a Hollywood pro. And then she's
1: so calm and collected like Yes, like, I am so excited. Thanks for having Hello, me. Melanie. Yeah. Like.
0: I know. <laughs> you're we're like, a bunch of clowns. Of I think you she to
1: re- be recommended dumpling place.
4: <laughs> I think,
0: I think she instantly regretted it when she realized how small time we were. She was kind of like, "Oh, these amateurs." <laughs> but she was so nice, and she she stuck it out. But you ever, you know, you ever just have a conversation with someone and it's just not going well and. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're sinking. That that was how I was feeling. Like I was feeling like I was bombing it. Uh, but she, she she pulled through. You know, she had good answers. Oh,
1: and... oh, also, like I was thinking the whole entire time I was editing the podcast. Like, I hope you know that this is how students feel when we have to present <laughs> or like yeah. take tests. Like <laughs> dying.
0: I know. It's all confidence. You know, I think it's just.
1: I do not have that.
0: Yeah. But this,
1: I... I think this is really good for me.
0: I think it is. Yeah, I think you're gonna get used to talking, having opinions, and having people listen to them. Because, like,
1: yeah, it's honestly really hard for me to talk. Like, even in class, I do not say anything. I'm just like, I know. and Deanna's always like, Madison, just say it. Like, you got the answer right. Yeah. I'm like, nope.
0: Like, I don't even know if you're. In, are you in my class? I don't even exactly. Know. Like,
1: it's like literally <laughs> just shivering in the back corner with my hood yeah, over no, my literally head. Literally shivering. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> with the windows open. Yeah, no, I I think you just got to work on, you know, your confidence and that comes with experience and it comes with practice, you know, so the more times you have to express your opinion, the more you'll get used to hearing your own voice Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and stuff. So, yeah, I was a, I was a painfully shy kid when I was little. That's
1: crazy because all you have to do for your job now is talk.
0: All I do is talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but when I was in, you know... All the way up through eighth grade, I was pretty shy. I was really, really shy.
1: Wait, did your sister go to Lowell?
0: Yeah. So she was she was at Lowell when I got there and so that helped to have her kind of know people uh, already. Of
1: course she went to Lowell. Was that <laughs> even a question?
0: <laughs> oh man, you know what killed her though? Is that you know I started to get kind of build up a little bit of
1: popularity?
0: A popularity. <laughs> and then there was a girl there was some kid, and so she was a senior and I was a freshman. And there was some kid who was like, oh, that's Curtis's sister. And that made her so mad. She's like, no, he's my brother. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, so that was fun. I, I think we'll have her do another episode. Like she she can get us, a lot of her friends are, are chefs. And so next time we want to do a chef show, she can get us some, some names. Yeah, and
1: I feel like even pe- like, I feel like talking to like chefs, Attracts a lot of people, like because it's like you know, because everybody loves food. Like my parents, like like everybody, like it's just like a part of culture and a part of life. Like my parents watch, you know, cooking shows, even though they're like not pros or anything.
0: Well, if you listen to our first hour, that's what it was in the in the nineties. It was kind of like people just like the food, but then in the nineties, it was about oh, I'm going to so and so's restaurant. You know, Wolfgang Puck's Mm -hmm. restaurant, Jeremiah Tower's restaurant, like the celebrity chef thing kind of it was a thing like before the chefs were just kind of people in the back who never came out of the kitchen and were never seen but then food network came in the 90s and you know people realized these big personalities are making this food and and, and like you said everyone wants to be friends with a chef cuz they throw the best parties you know they know, they know how to order wine they know how to cook food you know so it's it's good times when you have friends that mm-hmm. are chefs
1: is your does your sister live in LA
0: yeah, she's in L.A. So she hangs out with some, some people down and there. Shirley.
1: That... And Shirley.
0: Shirley's I... in L.A. too, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Like, if you guys ever have, like, family events, are you ever scared to, like, make food?
0: <laughs> no, actually, you know, Carol, Carol just started cooking maybe during the pandemic. Like, she
4: oh. has
0: always eaten really good food and knows good food, but she wasn't a real cook. And then the pandemic has really forced her to cook for herself and for her boyfriend and so they've been cooking a lot especially asian food like she's been experimenting with asian food so yeah she's not she wasn't for the longest time a you know a snooty cook or anything she she knows good food but yeah i mean with with shirley like she's a real chef so she's trained so yeah that'd be intimidating wait
1: did you guys like grow up with her or they just met within the industry
0: yeah and the shirley's much younger yeah they met in the industry Oh. I, th- actually, today's the first day I've talked to Shirley. I've never met her before.
1: Oh, I'm so surprised.
0: Yeah, <laughs> she's so easygoing. Though, like she's so easy to get to know. Yeah. So Yeah, my sister doesn't introduce me to her famous
1: friends. <laughs> who, who do you think's her so. most famous friend?
0: I mean, well, I mean, they're all in the. Well, you like this one time in New York. They were, um, they were kind of having a birthday party for my sister. Mm-hmm. And John Mayer showed up, and his birthday is also in October. Okay,
1: little guitarist.
0: Yeah, right. Except among and so the Swifties,
1: ha- we don't like him.
0: Oh, There's a really? song about okay. him called
1: "Dear John."
0: He's a little shady. Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. he's a well, he's
1: a great musician. He he's great yeah, guitarist he's on,
0: on a personal level.
1: Yeah, we have beef on a personal level, but he doesn't know okay. it. But like, I I do admire him. Like. um, I actually keep up with some of his stuff. There's this, uh, guitar teacher at Berkeley college of music that I watch because he taught John Mayer, (laughs) Uh so that's,
0: so they had a birthday party together in New York, That's incredible, but they're not friends, but yeah, but um, still
1: that's like a really odd experience that nobody would ever have.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And she's had some, some celebrity hangouts that are, yeah. What
1: about like cooking events for celebrities?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I she's she's met a lot of people. They're not necessarily friends, but she's met a yeah. lot of celebrities. Yeah. You know? So I have met no one. But it's kind of cool through the podcast though, you know, I feel like I could like I, I've commented on some of Miranda's posts, you know, and so she knows who we are now. How long did
1: it take her to follow you? Like instantly?
0: I don't think she follows us. <laughs>
1: she does.
0: Oh, or a podcast one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She follows her pod- But I didn't, I'm not on a, I don't, my personal one she's not following. She's following your personal one.
1: Oh, yeah. But how long did it take her to follow the podcast?
0: I don't remember. I don't remember.
1: I'm so but, surprised. I yeah, you like, should definitely accept. You should definitely accept. What?
4: <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey.
0: Anyway, that's cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let's wrap this up. Um, I think we had a good episode. You'll, I think you'll enjoy the first hour. Shirley has some crazy stories there too. Just funny. Mm-hmm. Just some funny stories. A lot of the stuff that. Um, but she. Oh uh, yeah, the the sounds going to be an issue.
1: The whole time I was like, "Oh my god, I don't know what I'm going to do." I think
0: I think it'll be. I don't think it'll clip because I, I think I had her turn down her zoom.
1: Actually. I thought that was her with an unadjusted Zoom level. That's why I commented. I was like...
0: I think I asked her to turn it down. It's okay. But she talks really loud. Yeah. The content is there. So again, content is king.
1: Content is king.
0: So we can clean it up. But overall, what she says is good. So that's going to matter most.
1: So. Good to hear. uh,
0: So I'll, I'll cut it up a little bit. And I'll let you do the second hour, which will be fun because you were there. Yeah. So... All right, well, go do some homework.
1: Go study for AV BioTest.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, did I tell you I'm recording another episode on Thursday?
1: <laughs> for what?
0: Do you know Matt Allen? He teaches uh, special ed at Galileo. But he, I want to get an episode in the books in case one of my guests flakes out. So I'm going to have an extra episode just in case we need one, a backup episode. What are you guys
1: going to talk about?
0: He started a CrossFit gym in China.
1: That is so
4: random
0: super random but i think um but since you know people are working out after the new year's trying to lose a little winter weight and stuff so i thought it'd be kind of a fun episode and he's a personality he's a crazy he's I keep saying crazy he's a really fun personality wait
1: like how does he like monitor it and like run it
0: no no no. He, he he lived in china but now he's back here
1: oh but he has like people running it for him
0: i don't know if he still owns it but he 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 started it
1: interesting
0: so, yeah, it'll be fun. And he said he was the first CrossFit gym in Xi'an, China.
1: Wow. Legend.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so that'll be Thursday. I'm going to record that live. I think I'm going to try to record that at school.
1: Nice.
0: And not Zoom. So, we'll see how that goes. I got to try out the sound. Um. But, anyway, so we'll have that episode. I, I edited the Chinese New Year's one with my friend Jenny about the movie. We'll have this one. We got a lot going on. Yeah. So, oh, good times though.
1: So many <laughs> tests on Friday! So excited All and love right. school.
0: You'll be great. <laughs> You'll be fine.
1: <gasps> At least All I got right. everything right on my on the pop quiz, even though it was easy. But still, was uh, okay. a little bit scared. Well, that's something. something. Exactly. Well, I'll see you.
0: Okay. Bye.